You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 77 of PlayStation Unchained. I, Unchained? Unchained. Unchained. <laughs> We've just changed the title today. Unchained. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The Cockney uh, edition. I'm your host, Mike. <laughs> he is uh, my co-host, Ben Shillabier Hall. How's it going, Ben? Oh, not too bad, thank you. And you? Yeah, not bad. As you can probably tell, listeners, we have a full house today. It's another five-hour uh, podcast. Joining myself and Ben... First of all, we have Gary. Welcome back, Gary. How's it going, dude? Uh, it's pretty good. How are you guys? Not bad, thanks, man. Not bad. It's been a busy week. Uh, Stephen, our boss man, our overlord, has been away in Portugal for the half term. Uh, so I've been pretty much covering. Uh, so it's been quite busy. But yeah, other than that, good. Um, and also joining Gary is Neil Bolt, as ever. Neil, how's it going, dude? Quite fine, thank you. A nice busy week. Uh, the wonderfulness of Arsenal winning the cup final last night. And uh, also got to see Mad Max and the Avengers this week. So it's been a nice eventful week for me. Oh, nice. I saw San Andreas the other night. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any good? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you like if you like the rock in big action movies, then you can't really go wrong. So, yeah. That's pretty much, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter what. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and finally. Um, Joining us after a long hiatus, we have Mr. Tim Nunes, our U.S. editor. How's it going, Tim? Good to have you back. It's going well, Michael. How are you? I'm good, thanks, old boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's good to have you back, man. It's been way too long since we've, not just you've been on the podcast, but since we've actually spoke. So it's good to, good to have you on here, man. Right? Like, you keep looking the other way when I talk to you, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got something in my eye. <laughs> yeah, it's probably one of those buses you keep lifting. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tim, how have you been lately? I mean, like, over the last, can you, like, summarize the past few months quickly for us at all? Um, eat, sleep, work, moving, writing a book, editing a book. Uh, a lot of reading, a lot of writing. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty eventful, actually. <laughs> yeah. Kick ass. Well, um, cool. A lot of gaming, too, I suppose. Yeah, you know, I've seen you on PSN a lot, so I know that for sure. And, of course, not forgetting um, dipping into PSU as well. You're still there with your weekly um, posts and stuff. <laughs> Big time. Yeah, the old um, US updates, like clockwork. Well, man, it's <laughs> good to have you back. Um, as I say, it's a full man, uh, five-man podcast today. So we will, we, we will begin with um, a story... Regarding uh, Game of the Year edition for Lords of the Fallen, pretty much the title says it all, really. Uh, last year's fantasy RPG from Deck 13 will be getting a Game of the Year release on June 26. Uh, this is the PS4, uh, PC, and Xbox One. It contains the full game, obviously, alongside uh, DLC, including Ancient Labyrinth, Demonic Weapons Pack, Lion Heart Pack, and the Monk's Decipher DLC. Um, also, it's also worth noting that a, uh, a sequel is already in development, which has been confirmed to come out in 2017. Um, I actually played Lords of the Fallen at an event um, held by Square Enix, who are the game's publisher. It was actually really cool because the whole it was in this club underneath this bridge in London, and it was decked out like a medieval dungeon. So it was really quite kind of evocative <laughs> of that whole fantasy. Yeah, you would have loved that, Tim. It was really, really cool. Um, oh. 
Yeah, and the, uh, the event I did for Square Enix were at the pub because Lords of the Fallen the was there as well. <laughs> Not quite the same feeling, no, yeah. Yeah, just a just a pub for me. Just a pub, yeah. You suppose you could get boozed up, but yeah, um, yeah. I enjoyed it actually. I mean, I, I'm not really. I never played many of those hardcore kind of um, hack and slash RPG games like Dark Souls. So this was quite um, quite a, um, a crash course to me, but I really enjoyed it. Um, Tim, um, I think you reviewed this game, didn't you? Uh-huh. I did, and yes. it's definitely a good crash course into the niche of games that you would find, much yeah. like uh, Dark Souls, because it is unforgiving in the sense that there's a lot more wiggle room than you would find in Dark Souls. Like you're going to get hit a lot, you're going to have to deal with those things a lot. You're still going to die yeah. a fair amount, yeah. but there's enough time and like time to develop your character, time to uh, analyze your enemies without having to die 50 times. Uh, there, it's just much more uh, accessible to, uh-huh. I, I don't want to say, I would say average gamer, without degrading the source matter or the newcomers. Sweet. Um, can you remember yeah. what um, score you gave it? Was it like- I gave it an... I gave it a, uh, I think I gave it a 7.5. Yeah, I was going to say 7.5 or an 8 from what I remember. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm um, pretty good gaming overall, man. Um, are you likely to pick up Game of the Year edition at all? Oh, probably not, considering I already have it. But it's definitely worth a pick up, especially considering it already has all the DLC in it. Um, the concept itself is really good. It's already been patched to, to alleviate some of the issues that I mentioned in the review, much like uh, like some few technicalities, some menu bugs and things. But... Um, I don't think they fixed bosses. Uh, that was the weirdest thing about that game. The, bo- uh, the bosses, as you went along, got a little easier and easier and a little bit more easy to exploit. All right. So, like, it sucked in the sense that you had the first boss with, like, zero, with, with no abilities. You had no abilities going on. Yeah. Uh, and that boss would manhandle. You know, I'm sure you saw it. It manhandles you all day long. Mm-hmm. But as you go along, you get more abilities, and the, uh, the bosses get a little bit more simplistic too. So, like, it's a good start for a new IP, and I just hope that they iron out some of those things for the second one because it would make a, a fine product overall, especially in a sequel. Cool, man, wicked. Um, how about the rest of you guys? Um, who's is anyone else played it or um, likely to uh, pick up the game of your, game of the year edition? Uh, ben. No. <laughs> no, no, okay, cool. Um, Neil, how about you? I know Dark Souls and Bloodborne would probably be enough for me. It's like, cool. I'm, uh, I'm not a great big fan of the genre, really. It's just uh, that's you know, the pinnacle of what's good about that genre is you know from software's output. I find there's yeah. tried a couple of games like it, and yeah, it's just not the same. All right, cool. And last but not least, same question to Gary. Um, maybe when it's a little cheaper. I will. There's too, too many too many things coming out right now for me too. Yeah, to especially that. with Batman next month as well. So yeah. um, or this month. By the time the podcast goes up, it will be June. So yeah, um, cool, cool. Um, well, moving on. Um, I was quite pleased about this story because we got a release date for um, Until Dawn, which is the PS4 exclusive horror title, teen horror title, should I say, from Supermassive Games. Uh, the game is coming out on uh, August the 25th in uh, North America. Uh, mainland Europe on the 26th, and finally in the UK on August the 28th. So it's actually, that's actually a lot sooner than I thought it would be. I honestly thought it would have been a full game, sort of around Halloween, 
um, you know, just for the theme mm. and nothing else. But yeah, um, it's going to be coming in three different versions. Of course, you've got your standard version, you've got your still book, and you've got the extended version. Um, they haven't actually detailed, well, at least at the time of me writing this article, they didn't really go into detail on the contents of these, uh, the extended editions and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we, we'll hopefully have some more information on that soon. But yeah, um, I've had my eye on this for a while. Um, it was obviously a PS3 game it, uh, once upon a time, uh, taking advantage of uh, PlayStation Move. Um, until uh, they decided to um, go quiet and then announce the game, re-announce the game for PS4. I think last year at Gamescom. Please correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, so yeah, I'm be- I've been looking forward to this a lot. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on it. I'm definitely gonna, I will definitely buy it day one. Um, maybe review it if I'm lucky enough. But who knows? I think I've had my pick of games this year, so we'll probably give it to some other poor sod. Um, so <laughs> uh, let's start with Gar- Gary. Um, Until dawn, yay or nay? General opinions. I'm actually really excited for this game. Cool. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for a while. I, I love those types of games. So, excellent, man. Great, great. And um, how about uh, you, Neil? Interested at all? Yeah, I mean, I love slasher movies anyway, and it's just yeah. a playable <laughs> slasher movie. So it's just the sort of thing I've always dreamed of having. You know, one of those games where you're just hunted by a serial killer type. Which you know, probably closest we've had to it in recent memory is stuff like Alien: Isolation. Yeah, it's being chased around an area, and yeah, that shows that it can work and work well. I know this is a slightly different take on it, but yeah, I'm quite interested in what it'll be like. Awesome, and of course, uh, just uh, throwing a little tidbit there, it's um, this is a game where you can influence the uh, outcome as well. I mean, I think literally every person can die if you're not careful, so it's uh, not just a, a linear narrative in that sense which is great because games like that i mean i know it's not the same type of game as like heavy rain which is more of a you know limited kind of movement and stuff but it's um in the sense that you can have a lot of char- main characters killed and i like that i think that's great i, th- I really enjoy that type of um narrative so. my only concern with it though is if they're gonna do that usually games that do that end up being very short yeah, like, true, but they usually have. Yeah, I suppose they have replay value to make up for it. But yeah, it would be nice if they could. Um, if it was a, a little longer, I suppose. But um, well, that's what. Yeah, that's what she said. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would be interesting about it conceptually is that also a sex joke uh, would be that if, uh, like, for instance, you had everybody die, the game would be shorter. But if you ended up saving everybody, the game would be longer, simply because there'd be more people to work with. Mm-hmm. That would be. A substantial replay value right there, and uh, I don't mean to take my turn, but no, that's right. But when you look at things like uh, with with the big hit that the horror genre took in these last couple months, we all know what I'm talking about. Things <laughs> like this are needed, like needed before this this genre itself dies. And I'm really excited to see what Until Dawn brings to the table, big time. Awesome, man. I'm glad um, a lot of us seem to. Um share a lot of interest in this game. Uh, fine, I don't, uh, Ben, I don't think that we've been to you yet. How would you feel about this? Okay, looks good. Wicked. So yeah, all five of us are looking forward to Until Dawn. And uh, apart from that, guys, as well, it's worth remembering that Until Dawn is one of the um, only, uh, play- one of a few PlayStation 4 exclusive games actually coming out this year. We're actually transitioning nicely into our next story, which is where um, Sony Computer Entertainment CEO Andrew House admitted that uh, 2015's PS4 exclusive round uh, lineup is, I quote, a little sparse, unquote. Uh, yes, see, I did that transition there. Wow, <laughs> that's that's Getting a little very segue. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, speaking during the console makers' investors' relations day, this is uh, by IB Times. Uh, House revealed this is largely due to the fact Uncharted 4 
uh, from Naughty Dog has been delayed until spring 2016. Nonetheless, he said the hotly anticipated action adventure title is still critical to Sony's fiscal year 2015. Uh, There's kind of a little mini-story in there itself, Quilly. Uh, For reference, Sony's um, fiscal year 2015 ends on March 31st next year. So he's basically saying if that game is critical to that financial year, then it will be out no later than March the 31st, 2016. So that's something to think about. But kind of steering back to the main story itself, um, we have, if my browser will actually move up the damn page, uh, the executive went on to say that Sony is working very hard to support third-party companies involved with the PlayStation family of consoles, although we did know that exclusives in this sector are proven increasingly difficult to secure. Uh, no surprise there with the rising development costs over the last few years. But yeah, um, We've uh, we actually discussed some of this, I think, in a feature a few weeks ago, or, or at least a gr- at least kind of like a roundtable sort of email about uh, PS4's exclusive lineup and saying that it was. Um, I think Stephen said if it's like the year of the indies rather than the main AAA titles, and there, there have been a lot of delays. And I don't think I think the lineup is pretty good, but it's not as good. Obviously, I mean, Uncharted's been delayed. I mean, of course, it's not going to be as good, but. Uh, for reference, we have, as I mentioned, we have Until Dawn. We've also got Tearaway Unfolded, uh, which is a, basically a PS4 version of a Vita title. And we've got another um, update slash remake slash remaster uh, in God of War 3 remaster, which, of course, is a high-definition version of God of War 3, which came out on PS3 five years ago. Uh, no Man's Sky is still up in the air at the moment. We're not quite sure if that's releasing this year. But, um, yeah, so um, I'll just pass this over to you, Neil, first. Uh, Neil, do you agree with um, Andrew House's comments about the lineup being a little sparse? How do you feel about this? Oh, yeah, on the big budget game side, it's definitely been a bit sparse. And that's why it was a masterstroke to get so many indie studios involved in the first place, because it meant that it covers a lot of the cracks. Yeah. Um, I do think No Man's Sky will be the game that fills in the end of the year for this year with any luck it's the, it's the most likely of the things they've got in the, uh, going they've been hard at work and they've been behind closed doors for quite some time now so I'd imagine there'll be something fairly big at E3 for that to come up yeah cool um, um, yeah well, who was going to speak there that was me again don't worry oh okay <laughs> um, let's uh, cool. let's move same thing on to uh, Ben how about how do you feel about this there's so many games at the end of the year nowadays that I think it's a bad idea to release first-party games in winter time, because mm-hmm. this year, Good every point. year, you've got the same sort of Ubisoft game, EA game, mm-hmm. yeah. all your major franchises, always Activision, Activision always yeah. hits around that same time. So if you're going to release a first-party title, you're going to be flooded with all the people buying their Call of Duties, their Ass Creeds. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. You know, it's just like it's, it's it's a shame, but at the same time, it's a smart decision to release it at the beginning of the year, middle of the year, summer because there's not many games out in summer. I mean, this no. is the rare exception that we get so many games in June. Mm, Normally, you know, summer is like a dead period. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a barren wasteland. Yeah, usually. <laughs> yeah. Then, no, you're right, then. Yeah. So as much as I'd like to see more games at the end of the year it's just not i have enough uh, metal gear will cover me for winter so yeah i think november's still quite free to be honest. well no, november what you got is isn't november call of duty month yeah november's cool yeah but people well, who buy call of duty generally don't yeah, really buy anything else so it's you couldn't go against it i mean even yeah, ubisoft they're only putting like a week's gap between their output at this autumn winter time it's there's there's still a large gap that could be you could put battlefield as well is out in November. No, 
That'd be next. Battle Not Battlefront. Yeah, Star Wars Battlefront. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We've also got the Halos on Xbox. And yes. isn't the That's newest the... Assassin's Creed coming out end of October? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, victory. Yeah, and um, jolly old sixes after that. Damn right. Um, cool. So, um, uh, let's. Uh, well, we've quite a few people involved. Uh, Tim, um, how do you feel about this? Um, it's it's kind of. I would say it's unique. It's not something where like the the developers are not making anything, um, and it, it definitely works in the gamers' favor in the sense that we have all these big IPs right now coming out on their own. You like Witcher Three, obviously. And you have Batman next month. Uh, and I can't think of a good example after that right now. Uh, but, you know, uh, September, uh, uh, Phantom Pain's coming out. Uh, but at the same time, you're also looking at the, play- the, the, the the Titan PlayStation developers and going, I know where you're at. Like, you know, uh, Guerrilla Games didn't make a game or made their game at the PS4 launch and they're working on something else. So you know where they're yep. at. You have, uh, um, oh my God, Sucker Punch, who just put out Infamous mm-hmm. last year. So you know where they're at. And then you also know where Naughty Dog is early next year. And I feel like that delay is in part due to a little bit of like Sony's going, hey, could you put a little Project Morpheus touch in there, please? Because uh, I think that if I remember correctly, Project Morpheus is coming out around the same time. Mm-hmm. Meant to be the first half of next year. Yep. Yep. So I feel like Sony's trying to be, instead of just having like one good game, they're going to have a couple good games coming out around the same time for Project Morpheus support, rather than it just being like, sports champions, check it out. <laughs> yeah, good point, man. Uh, finally, last but not least, Gary, how do you feel about this, dude? Um, I, I kind of agree with everything you guys have been saying. I mean, as far as the first party stuff goes, yeah, it is a little sparse, but Sony still has a lot of third party exclusives coming out. This this year as well, you know, you got Persona Five. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Persona Five you got Dragon Quest Heroes. You got oh, yeah. uh, they just announced the the Dark Siders Death Death in the Div Edition, which has, <laughs> which hasn't been announced for Xbox. It's only been announced for PS4. Um, so technically, right now that's exclusive. But as far as third party goes, they still have a lot of exclusives coming out. Yeah, but. First party is uh, like you saw like at the beginning of the year. They pretty much released all their exclusives uh, earlier in the year. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm honestly not surprised they don't have anything. But um, I would I, I like Ben said I wouldn't want to compete with what's coming out in in the holiday season. Anyway. That's a great point, Ben. Mm. Yeah, I mean Uncharted Four is going to be. Um... If it's coming out, we're, we're just, for argument's sake, we just say it's coming out in March. Um, that's pretty. That's some. That's usually quite quiet. Um, so hopefully, we'll have much competition as well. So you know, everyone it knows might... it's going to come out January twenty third. They've just delayed it till my birthday. It's just <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know it. <laughs> hey, if I'm lucky, it might be out on my birthday, March eighteenth. That would be fantastic. What a present. And Uncharted 4. It feel weird, though. I don't know about you guys, but Uncharted is always like a Christmassy, full, full Christmas game for me because I always got them at Christmas. So it's going to seem weird getting it like in the spring. I don't know. It's yep. um, going to seem kind of weird. Um, I don't know. I just associate certain games with certain times. I don't know about anyone else, but that's just me. Yeah, but I think that's smart. You know, maximize your profits. Like, look at Metal Gear. You know, it came out. It's coming out in September order. Nothing's really coming out. Batman's coming out in June. Yeah. Could have released nothing. it in the Holiday season. They were supposed to come out last holiday season. Yeah, and they 
you know, maximize your profits. Why launch and share profits with Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty and Star Wars Battlefront? Oh, yeah, that one too. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, okay, guys. Um, nice chat there on that. Uh, let's move on now. This is something Neil mentioned. Um, I would probably glaze over it because I'm not a football fan. But um, <laughs> we mentioned this. Uh, we have a new trailer. For, sorry, the debut trailer of FIFA 16 reveals women's national teams. Uh, EO Sports has unveiled FIFA 16 by announcing the inclusion of women's size to the game for the very first time. So yeah, pretty significant. Uh, a trailer for the annual uh, for the annual football franchise's latest effort showcases various stars of the women's international scene, both in real life and in game. Twelve sides are to be featured, including England, USA, Germany, Brazil, and Japan. Way. Uh, this was funny enough by Neil Bolt. Uh, so I think it's um, since I don't I really don't have much to say about this at all. I think it makes sense why I um, go to Neil first. Neil, uh, what are your comments on this? You're yeah, a FIFA it, man. <laughs> it seems like well, I'm not. I'm a Pez guy, but you know, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm footy man. There you go, guys. <laughs> never call me a FIFA guy. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's something that you think would make sense but then you look wider in sports games and it doesn't really happen that often at all uh, you know, having mixed you know, with the exception of wrestling games maybe that you actually have female participants so it was, it's odd that it's taken this long to happen it's yeah. good you could be cynical and say it's EA compensating for what they're not going to change about the game again this year and just throwing <laughs> out their gimmicks as usual it, but yeah to lead with you know, that is you know, quite a positive move, as we said. Sadly, yeah, you know, you've got a lot of the internet being, you know, misogynistic knobs. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you knew Correct. it. I mean, literally, I, I began typing that, and a few minutes later, yep, there it was everywhere. The same joke went around about them in career mode that you'd lose your star striker for nine months with pregnancy and it just uh, I must have seen that joke about 70 times in about an hour uh, like people have just got no patter at all <laughs> yes positive move Stay class make FIFA. yeah that's it uh, I don't think it'll make FIFA any better as a game but you know, it's nice to sort of reach out to a wider audience Cool. Yeah, I. I mean, my knowledge on this is limited, but I think it makes sense. Just um, you know, I mean, they should be represented, and I am surprised. Even at me, I'm surprised that it's taken them this long. To be honest, so um, there we go. Um, anyone else got anything to say about this at all? Just chime in now if you want. No, I gotta say, uh, since this is still EA that did it, I am not uh, worried is not the word I really want to use because I really like the fact that this is being implemented into a standard and even annualized game because uh, mm. seeing it in you know Call of Duty all over the place it's great I love it I love having the options to do those things I love having options to be you know essentially whatever I want to be in a game because that's the point of playing a video game that's doing it. something that you don't do right it's or yeah. having the ability to do what you don't do in real life. That's just how it is. That's how that's games it. work, and that's why it makes them appealing. But when you look at EA and its history, like, you know, for instance, last year's uh, UFC, they used the forefront of having female wrestlers, wrestlers, excuse me, fighters. Yeah. But they had no presence in the story. They didn't have any presence in, like, campaigns. They were just standard, like, quick match players that you could choose from yeah i mean and pretty much i mentioned it, that in my that it will be separate. 
good, good. Is that I remember? I remember mentioning that in the review that I did of it, and it it personally affected the score with how mm. limited the game was already. Like, if you were going to only have like two modes in a game, branch it out to everything that you have available. Don't just oh, yeah. go, hey, by the way, look what we did. We're so good. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, even I can say that it's a stepping stone this year they're doing this because they've only said it'll be in friendly modes online and in certain exhibition things. And you can't play against men's teams, obviously, and stuff like that. But that's more to do with, you know, actual football's rules than anything else, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> I think someone's best comment I saw about it, you know, being unrealistic to have men v women is that, yeah, but you can take, you know, Gun forth and play Brazil. So realism isn't always really quite there. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. yeah, as I said, it sadly is as great a positive thing it is. It's EA being gimmicky to a degree. And yeah, probably they do it every year. There's always some sort of gimmick to their sports games, as you know. It's, and that's what they sell their games on. This is what's different, not really saying what's different about how the game plays. So there's not going to be a women's football season as part of the game? No, because there's only 12 international teams as it stands. So I say oh, I can't see them having problems getting licenses beyond that. But uh, I don't know. Maybe in the future they will implement more. But obviously this is like testing the water to see how mm. people react to it. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, Gary, Ben, do you have anything else to say or should we move on? Um, I'm just... Well, like, like you guys just said, with like the UFC, you know, they're just characters that you can just do, you know, the quick matches with. Like, are they going to be implemented in like the Ultimate teams, and why be able to draft them into my team? Can I can I make my own female team? You know, things like that, or is it no, just yeah, that's a no, definitely. Yeah, see, that's that's, that's such a negative for me. Like that, it it's like what's me. Like, what's the point of adding something like that if I can only use it in one mode? Yeah, like if I can't invest my time, like for for instance, a season or even a create a player, uh, the, the point of doing that is to invest your time into something for like a long haul, and mm. you can't do that with like this section of the game, which would be the ability to play as women players, and that pisses me off big time. Yeah. That was the biggest issue I had with e- at UFC, and it looks like they're doing it again. If that's how it's going to be, it's the same with them for everything. The annual update games they tend to be. They won't go whole hog with anything because it means they've got something to do the next year and to add more and claim it with new changes. It's you know, if it was something that came out every few years, they'd have added you know, the whole shebang, you know, they'd be in everything. You'd probably have the whole club level stuff, but yeah, yeah. because they only change tiny bits, it's always step forward, step backwards with FIFA and most sports games, to be honest. I guess, but since they have revenue coming in regularly every year, I feel like they'd have more ability to have mm. creative freedom as opposed to games that come out once every, what, three or four years. Yeah, I, maybe it's just the turnover of it that, you know, you've pretty much finished making one, you're straight on the other, and you've got to get out within less than a year. Nah. <laughs> Few year grumbles there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, did you have anything to add on this at all? No, uh, I'm good. <laughs> okay. I, love how, I love how straight down the line you are yeah, cool um okay guys let's move on to another franchise now uh this one's a bioshock um uh, this is um 
this was from 2K's recent um, chat at the Technology Media and Telecom Conference in New York. Uh, Strel Selnick, I hope I pronounced that right, the company chief, uh, 2K chief, uh, he said that the uh, Bioshock franchise remains really important for publisher 2K, uh, despite the fact that new game is yet to be confirmed. Um, he confirmed that Bioshock Infinite, uh, which is the most recent game in the series, has sold 11 million copies uh, since oh. 2013. Yeah, I was quite impressed by that as well, since, especially oh. since they were moaning about it not doing so well, or allegedly. Uh, Aren't they closed down too, the company? Yeah, that, games, yeah. Um, uh, Bioshock, meanwhile, the uh, franchise as a whole has moved 25 million units worldwide since 2007. So, um, yeah, um, I I love Bioshock. I um, I came into the series quite late, but I really, really enjoy. I haven't played two, but I played one in Infinite, and I love I love them. I've, I loved Infinite. I thought it was great, even though I was disappointed at how linear it was because some of the stuff they showed in the various trailers before the game came out looked so cool. Um, a lot more choice and everything in there. I still really enjoyed the game. Um, I hope that they do make another game because I'd hate to see it um, disappear, but I'm not sure who would develop it uh, um, after um, Irrational Games has closed down. But um, yeah, um, it's good to know that it's still, they, can st- they still consider it important. Um, I hope really that means, at the very least, they're probably um, working on a new game or maybe even some sort of um, remaster. I'm actually surprised that hasn't happened yet, considering they've done Borderlands, but uh, there we go. Um, uh, Tim, uh, what are your feelings on this particular story? Man, uh, 11 million. I'm still, wow, I'm hung up. Um, yeah, damn. Man, uh, especially since how like expressive, creatively, Infinite was, it's surprising. And the fact that they closed down, I wonder if they just did it for like a, like a, a close down the company to save revenue after the game came out. But uh, just uh, that's a whole different subject. I'm sorry. Now, uh, when you're looking at like the the subject matter itself, but I hope when they say that Bioshock is important to them, it's not like saying that Metal Gear Solid is important to Konami, because that would be the exact opposite of being important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the, when you put the when you put the reins of something that's been in someone else's hands for so long into someone else's, you're going to experience, uh, I would even say, what, exponentiated growing pains. So if, if they take it away from Ken Levine, uh, then it will fall into someone else's hands who will either take too much of an elite sense to it or try to make it too much into something else, which would both be back steps. So I can only hope, especially since Infinite finally got me incredibly engrossed in the Bioshock world, I really hope that they do it properly or just don't do it at all because the concept itself is fantastic and there's no reason to degenerate it. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. Um, I I don't understand why they shut down, to be honest. I think Ken Levine um, wanted to move on to something else, but there was um, around the time when when that news broke, which is, I think it was like last February, uh, 2014. Um, I think there was talk that they the game itself had cost a hell of a lot of money to make, and it, its sales weren't quite as um, good as they hoped. And the game, I mean, the game was announced in um, 2010 and been development before that, and it did go through many, many changes. There were a lot of anyone who's seen the trailers from the debut trailer all the way to the E3 trailer from a couple of years ago, well, from a year or so before it came out. There were a lot of changes. 
And um, so that's obviously cost a lot of money. And I think that had something to do with it. But when you look at the sales, I mean, 11 million, that's fantastic. So I, 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 it's a shame because it feels like maybe that move was a bit premature. Right. And they sold yep. a million in the first month, didn't they? Like, not yeah. in the first month. It was pretty soon. Yeah. They sold, yeah. It, picked, it, did, it did well. It did very well, in my opinion. But then again, we, uh, if you look at, um, <laughs> If you look at, um, I mean, get, look at games like Tomb Raider. I mean, that sold uh, like what was it, three million a month in some in a short time, and Square Enix said it was a disappointment or something. So, you yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, if you if you just you you know what you don't know what their expectations are. I mean, some. I mean, I don't know why they thought that of Tomb Raider. I mean, it wasn't going to sell as many as Call of Duty, but it still did fantastic figures. Yeah, three so, million announcement is superb. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I don't know, but there we go. Sixty bucks a game. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, there we go. I mean, yeah, I agree with you on that, Tim. Um, I hope they do it just to, justice or leave it alone. Definitely. Um, uh, Gary, how about you? Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's really hard to say what they'll do with it. Like, I as far as Ken Levine and them go, I think you hit it quite well when you said that the game did cost a lot to make and did go through a lot of changes. I know there was a lot of internal conflicts as well, especially with the themes, the religious themes of the game. Um, All of that could have led to, to what happened with, with the rational games. But um, I I do think that 2k takes the franchise very seriously. I do think it's a, it's a big money maker for them. Um, They will continue it. Um, to what extent, I don't know. I mean, they did have Bioshock 2, which was not Irrational Games. Um, mm-hmm. They might just have right. that same team do do the next one as well, but I don't think we'll actually see Bioshock for a few years. Um, but yeah. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they released a HD, some sort of um, HD version, um, just because I think... Oh, we released like an HD collection of... Yeah, it just makes sense with what they've done with Borderlands and I don't know, it's... I don't know, but they, um, we'll be talking about that soon anyway. But yeah, um, Neil, how about you? Yes, yeah, it's, it's sad. Um, just to say about Ken Levine and what happened with that was that basically they wound down the studio. They laid off pretty much all but fifteen people, and let Sift seventy five go. And yeah, so basically, and then he started hiring again last year to build on a new project. I think. One of the things he said at the time was that he had a lot of ideas going into Bioshock Infinite that he wanted to implement, but you know, company rules meant he couldn't really go as the right the way he wanted to go, and uh, he wanted to, the ending to be more, you know, replayable. That you could have many variants and different ways of doing things. Oh, cool! Which is what he's going for apparently with his next project, which I think is still unannounced, as we said. And yeah, so. I think if you know if two K don't bring out a Bioshock for a while, I think what Ken Levine will do next will be very similar, but probably expand more on it. And so one way or another, we'll get a, either a spiritual sequel or a, you know an approximation from two K. Cool, sounds good. Um, last but not least, Ben, how about you? I've never played the Bioshock series, so I can't really comment. Yeah, I thought. Um, I did you not play Infinite? I'm sure I saw you on that once. I tried it with PS Now, but that was just to try PS Now out. <laughs> oh right, right, okay. 
cool. Fair enough. Um, well, I think that wraps up that then. Uh, Neil, I think there was a story you want, you mentioned that you wanted me to read out. I'm um, going back to 2K, funnily enough. As well. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do you want to quickly um, um, chat about this at all? Yeah, it's um, 2K put out in their newsletter last week about a uh, website, uh, a company called Advent, in all capitals, and yeah, it's basically a tease to sort of try and be deciphered into what game they're releasing coming next. Everyone was straight away on the Bioshock train with it because you know dystopian future was in there and you know this these cities that you know perfect cities and it yeah thematically at first it did seem like that but you look more into the website and like the way the text appears and the screenshots in it and it became very apparent straight away that it was an XCOM game and I think since I uh, did the news piece on it there's also been a code been deciphered in it which um, has the uh, once you decipher it comes out with an anagram of the, oh, what is it, the logo? The, yeah, the uh, XCOM logo, Vigilo Confido. So, so, yeah, it's, again, more confirmation that that's what they're going with. Yeah. So, which, you know, personally for me, I absolutely adore XCOM, so that's far better than any Bioshock news for me. Um, yeah, so obviously that's going to be one of their first big E3 reveals, I'd say. So, yeah, pretty pumped for that. Cool. Um, I never played um, XCOM before, so I'm not really much sure what I can add about that. Um, is anyone else um, familiar with that series or played it at all? Um, ben, I played it a little bit. It's a good game. Oh, I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's punishing when it wants to be. That's for sure. It's, uh, Wasn't it's, there a recent XCOM game, um, Neil, or a couple? I'm sure because I remember um, just reporting it, about some. Yeah, Enemy Unknown came out in 2012. Yeah. And then the expansion, uh, Enemy Within, which was basically the, uh, almost a whole new game of what it added, came out a year later. I mean, on oh, right. consoles, it got packaged as a new game. I think on PC, you could have it as an add-on to the uh, Enemy Unknown. But yeah, it's, um, yeah Enemy, Enemy Within added stuff like mechs and stuff like that and gene splicing. Uh, all stuff, again, that appears in the uh, Advent website. So, yeah, oh, right, cool. Yeah, it's like a resurgence of the old 1990s XCOM series, which are also fantastic games in their own right as well. Wicked. Um, Gary, how about you? Are you familiar with XCOM at all? Uh, I played XCOM. Yeah, it was it, it was a fun game. It, it could be it can get extremely difficult if you allow it to be. Mm. Um, very strategy. You can just go into it and you know breeze through it. Some matches can take hours to get through. Yeah, um, and all all of a sudden, you know, you'll be doing well, and then one wrong move just sends everything to shit. It just goes mental wrong, and that's yeah. what I love about it. It's just like and the fact that it's permadeath for your your squad. You know, it means that you you get connected with your squad when they do well and like that, and you get a bit worried about sending them out on certain jobs because you know they get killed off, they're dead. That's it. You know, <laughs> you've just all this you know, ranking up, you're done with their stuff and their equipment and their skills. Is suddenly wasted, and that's yeah, that's the hook of it. It's just knowing that any point you could die and be done with. It. I think when you put Iron Man mode on as well, means that you can't go back to an earlier save and just bring them back. It's just that that's it. You're dead, done, dusted. Yeah, no, brutal. <laughs> but for me, um, I, I don't like the idea of announcing a game right before E3 comes up to announce it again there. 
Um, like I, I didn't like the fact that they that they said Doom Doom was going to be there. They teased it. Like I, I think it kind of just spoils. You want to be a surprise, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I want to go. Like if I'm sitting in the auditorium, I don't want to sit there. Like okay, well I know Doom is going to be here. When is it going to show up? I'm waiting. Like I want to sit there and I'm like wow, oh my god, they're showing me the new Doom. Yeah. I don't want to know beforehand that it's going to be there. And yeah, I, I get you. Yeah, and a, a week before E three, like to me, that's just not fun. Yeah, the whole teaser announcement things of um, they go overboard a bit, don't they? When they tease and they announce, they announce that we're going to make an announcement on something, sort of thing. <laughs> with I don't know more with stuff like say with XCOM, I don't mind so much because otherwise it just gets lost in everything else at E three because there's going to be huge announcements at E three. There's no doubt about that. Game works. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, Doom in Bethesda's case—that's nowhere near going to be their biggest announcement, clearly. Right. So, yeah, with games like this, I think it's fair to give them a bit of their own breathing space, and you know, just tease them a little ahead of time and you know, build up a bit of anticipation. It's good in these weeks in between, you know, E3 and the last big game releases, of, you know, March, April, that you can yeah. have something else going on. Yeah, I see what you mean there. Um, Gary, sorry, did you have something else to say there, dude? No. All right. Okay, last but not least, uh, this will be um, capping off the news. Um, Tim, uh, what are your thoughts about this XCOM in general and that kind of stuff? Well, I know the the franchise itself is very successful and it's very well received as well. And it also seems to be well put together consistently. And I've never really played them too much, but I always remember, every time someone mentions uh, XCOM, I always recall... The reviews, the extensive reviews that Don did on um, the games that he covered, and how much he loved them, and how much he talked about them, and how intricate they sounded, and how like elitist they were without being over over encumbering. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I really like that concept. I've never gotten into the games, and I have a couple of them thanks to PlayStation Plus plug. But I. <laughs> I have been wanting to get them, and uh, with these kind of deals and these kind of those kind of deals coming out or having been out, and then new games coming out, I'm pretty excited to see what's to offer. And especially since I spend so much time on the PS4 anyway, uh, it'd be a good opportunity for me. Cool, man. Sweet. Well, that about caps off the news. Um, we're gonna. Um... Do you mind if oh. I bring some up quickly? Well, yeah, go for news. it. Yeah, go uh, for there it. There was a glitch with Amazon UK earlier today. Oh yeah. Uh, if you put so many things in your basket t- together, it would give you a discount. I'm not sure the exact reason why, but there was there was a massive discount for people who check out stuff. Uh, you could get a PS4, wow. Witcher Three, The Last of Us Remastered, or The Order, Project Cards, and three plus uh, three months of PlayStation Plus for a massive two hundred and sixty three pounds with free delivery. Wow! <laughs> nice. <laughs> So I worked out you'd get the PS4 for about 140 odd quid. What a delectable glitch! Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah that was earlier today. <laughs> Someone's going to be on damage control. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it's been amended. Yeah, it's been fixed. But anyone who's ordered is still getting their order shipped. So, oh, good. At least they're true to themselves. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Cheers for that, Ben. <laughs> oh, there we go. Cheers for that, Ben. Um, we're we're going to um, move on to our sort of topic of the week now. We haven't done this recently because there hasn't been, apart from Konami, there hasn't really been that much to talk about. But uh, we're going to discuss um, HD remasters, which seem to be um, all over the place at the moment. Uh, we've recently had 
uh, the announcement this past week that Resident Evil Zero is going to be getting the HD treatment, which probably came as a surprise to no one, certainly not myself, after they remastered Resident Evil Remake. Um, it just makes sense because those two games were GameCube exclusive and they are... Mm-hmm. They are, they're a pair, you know, they're kind of a pair if you think about it, because it's um the game Zero is set twenty four hours before Resident Evil One, so it's kind of like a companion title to each um each of them a companion title, and um they have been released in any other format before apart from the Wii, but again that's a Nintendo console, um so that's yeah yeah um <clears throat> so um Capcom Capcom's actually already said that they're going to be making um, more HD remasters going forward, um, so we can expect a few others. Um, I actually did a feature on this. I mentioned a couple, including um, Dragon's Dogma and Onimusha, um, thanks to some of the guys here, actually, for suggesting those. I think, uh, I can't remember who it was. I know Gary suggested something. I think it might have been Onimusha. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I and that remake would be fantastic. Oh yeah. my god. Um so yeah, which leads us into a broader sense about HD remasters really is um do you guys support them and do you think they are do you think they are getting in the way of new rele- new original releases and do you think it's take basically taking the piss a bit with how many we're getting or do you actually agree with them and actually prefer to play your favorite games in with a you know basically a visual makeover on your PlayStation 4? Um, for me personally, um, Resident Evil Zero and Resident Evil Remake in particular, um, they look great. I mean, uh, what the remake did, um, that looked brilliant. That was already a good-looking game. I, I enjoy the ability to play those kind of games on my PS4 um, simply because it just saves me from setting up. And Well, to be honest with you, I'm the kind of guy who still plays the GameCube anyway. But, <laughs> too, I mean, I had it out the other day playing Mario Sunshine with my niece. But that's another thing. <laughs> so it's the best Nintendo thing ever. Yeah, and yeah, um, that's one of the few good ones. It is, yeah, and um, so, but either way, it's great. To, I, I really, I enjoy having those games just on my console to play whenever I want to, and I really enjoyed the. Um, in terms of a, from a technical point of view, the remake was really, really well done. Uh, the visuals were noticeably more improved, and the few other bits and bobs they threw in there were quite impressive as well. It was really, it was a really, it was a, it was a HD port done well, in my opinion, which is an improvement on the kind of. Um, rush job they did a resident evil 4 which wasn't really that great oh. it's kind of an upscale job and it looked pretty dodgy yeah basis. and the devil may cry collection yeah and the devil may cry collection yes yeah. so there are definitely ways of how to and how not to do i think if you uh, i think um if you want to if you want to and kind of a, a gaming by if a gaming dictionary if there was such a thing if you could uh, have a how not to do a hd remake i think silent hill HD collection and Devil May Cry mm. would be in there as perfect examples, whereas How to Do One would probably have something like The Last of Us Remasters mm-hmm. and, um, well, anything. Resident Evil was great. Resident Evil HD was great. Um, Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid, well yeah, that was yeah. well done. A lot of them, to be fair, a lot of them were well done. Um, it's, um, it's only really a couple that once are great. Um, but there we go. Um, so I just want to um, put it to, I just kind of put it to each of um, each of you, just your general views on this. Um, if you do support it, I'd actually like to see. Uh, sorry, like to hear what you'd like to see um, from a future HD release. For me personally, I would love to see Bioshock, at least Bioshock Infinite, because I think that would be great. That was a great looking game. I think the um, the art direction it was brilliant, and I think it would look brilliant and run brilliantly at 1080p, 60 frames per second on PS4. I think that would be great. That's just me though. Uh, Resident Evil, obviously, I've got my wish there. They're coming out, so that's great. But um, so I'll just start off with. Um, uh, Tim, since um, you haven't been on for a while, I think I'll start with you on this. Uh, 
just want to uh, what your kind of general thoughts on this and um like i said if you're if you do support them what kind of games would you like to see given a makeover so to speak well, before I get started, yeah. now that you put the idea in my head, I'd like to say <laughs> that having a tr- the Bioshock trilogy on one disc for even like $60 yeah. would be an astute and fantastic deal. Damn right. Because <laughs> I, I didn't give the second one the time of day, mostly because I'm kind of elitist when it comes to companies, but it would give me an opportunity to finally play it. Me too. So that's the one that I haven't played. Uh, anyway, so yes, I, I, I that will be fantastic. Um. The whole concept of HD remakes um, appeases me. The concept itself does. Uh, now, like, my, like you've mentioned, there are a lot of executions that don't work properly, and there are a lot of things that aren't good at overall with a lot of decision-making that comes with a lot of these bad ones. But when you look at things, you know, obviously like these Resident Evil ones, they're pulled from a completely different format, meaning that they have to be essentially redone. Which makes for a good game because it's going from the ground up as opposed to being uh, ported. You know, uh, yeah. so you're looking at things like, uh, like I mean, like Resident Evil, this new one, probably one of the the best, like so far that's come out in the last couple of years. And you know, you, you, you I'm not even going to compare it to things like Last of Us Remastered because, you know, uh, it's it's really hard to compare, you know, a Titan to a god at that point but <laughs> yeah uh but you know um like there are also a lot of bad things that can go wrong and and i don't want to bring this one up because the port itself is very good but final fantasy 10 like the 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 remastered edition i don't know if it's the whole title i can't ever remember how it's properly put together but i i really loved it i was superbly into it i remember peeing, playing on ps2 i played it you know, like 10 times over, 100 hours each time. I love that game. Um, so when it came out on PS3 and Vita, I cracked out on both of them. Platinums, both of them. Uh, so, I, and then I'm looking at the PS4 version, and I'm going, okay, that's good for people who are, like, you know, transferring over from the Wii or from the Xbox into this new platform from never having any PlayStation experience. But what about people who want to have another opportunity to play? Like, sure, you know, I'm not going to spend really like 50 bucks on another game, you know, just to play it again. And, you know, I'm, and this is also coming from a trophy-based mentality. Like, I've already gotten those trophies there, and I don't I, – I really want to play it again because I love that game. But I'm not going to go through it again, like, as seriously as I did before now that I have the trophies and I – now that I'm like kind of talking myself into a circle, it feels like a really bad excuse. But I don't. I still don't like the idea that they're putting out those two next to each other, and then a year later bringing out another one without at least another piece of incentive. Yeah. So I would say that's a bad decision. They should have just kind of done everything at once and said, "Okay, this is going to be a, like an option for everybody based on your preference," as opposed to just doing this like. By the way, we're going to do another one. You're going to buy that one too. Yeah, I, I get uh, what you mean, man. man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and yeah, that, that, that's just, it's so, it's such a touchy thing for me. But, you know, when you look at, uh, at HD collections, you know, like the Kingdom Hearts ones, those are so well put together and so mm. well, like, organized. And, you know, they, they pull games, like, with those, you know, the three games that are in each one are pulled from different formats and different mediums themselves so you have you know like the ps2 game and you have one from the ds and you have one from uh i can't even think of where uh, uh wait, those other one two would be psp i think isn't it uh birth by sleep 
Yep, that game was fantastic, yep. by the way. So <laughs> I, I really love decisions like that kind of falls in with Resident, these Resident Evil ones where it's taking from a format that this new content has never been on before. And it's essentially like a new game without creating a new concept. And it, all in all, I also, just a simplistic answer, like to put everything on top of everything else I've said, I just really enjoy having the opportunity to play games that I played when I was young and naive and didn't know what I was looking at. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there, man. Totally. And you actually, you said um, before the uh, podcast, you're you're excited for Zero, aren't you? Resident Evil Zero. Big time. Yeah. I I had my GameCube. That was one of my favorite consoles before I realized what the PlayStation brand PlayStation brand was. <laughs> uh, and that was that's thanks to Metal Gear Solid Two, and it's a totally different story. But I. I really cracked out a lot on that game, but I on, on that console, but I never got my hands on the Resident Evil and Resident Evil Zero games. I was oh, never able damn. to get them, even though I played four like a maniac, and I loved four, absolutely loved it, and that's <laughs> what got me into Resident Evil. So I was at that point su- superbly invested in the concept of getting into these older games, and the PS One game. This made me want to throw up at the time because I just couldn't. I couldn't stand the the tank controls. I still have a lot of trouble with tank controls, and I've had this conversation with you a thousand times, Mike. Yeah, I know. I but know. Uh, the tank. It, but I was again. I was young and naive back then. So this would give me a fantastic opportunity to play something that I either never had a chance to, or I was too ignorant to play. Well, Tim, it's funny you mentioned tank controls because the remake, the HD version of Resident Evil One, has actually got a new control, a new cons- uh, new control scheme, which is a lot easier to use. So you don't have to be stuck with the traditional tank controls. You just use the analog stick to move in the direction you want, and you yep. obviously, yeah, you hold it down, you run. If you tap it like you know, just use it lightly. You um, you, you walk. So it'd be right up someone like you. It'd be right up your street, I reckon. <laughs> yep, and I, I own the first one, uh, this this first remake. Oh, and dude, what I like what I like about that is that you know first it get, it it, uh, it accommodates people like me, but it also accommodates people who want the the traditional sense. Like you know, like big <laughs> for you, right? It, yeah. it gives us what we want, both of us, and that's what kind of thing you would want to be able to do with something that hits a smaller demographic. You want it to reach as many people many people as possible. Yeah. Totally, man. I didn't. I didn't realize you actually had the game. Did you? Um. Did you enjoy it then? Uh, it's hard. Uh, it's. I. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Um. It's. It's a different mentality for me entirely, and that's what I really like about it. But there have been also been a lot of games that have distracted the hell out of me. So I'm going to yeah. use that as a really good excuse, <laughs> on my terms. Fair but enough, I. I really enjoyed it, and I've had a couple friends to work with in order to get back into it. Um. And I haven't finished it, but. It's challenging in a good way, and yeah. I really okay. like the source matter. So, like with with like to kind of like put a fine point on this finale, I would say that having the opportunity to play games that you weren't able to or were unwilling to earlier now is a fantastic opportunity, and that's why HD collections and HD versions of games are so successful, and why I also think they should still be a thing. Awesome, man. Very nicely said, if I do say so myself. <laughs> cool, man. Um, okay, um, well, that's um, Tim's point of view. Uh, Gary, how about you, mate? Same thing to you, really, dude. Um, I'm 100% behind uh, remakes and remasters. Um, yeah. I, I said... <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> that was me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Um, I, I've said before that, um, in my opinion, the PS2 is the greatest system ever made. And um, it has so yep. many amazing games that a lot of people never got a chance to experience. And even mm-hmm. now, like, like, going out and trying to buy a PS2 to experience those games, you, you really can unless you're on eBay or at a pawn shop. Um, this and is it's like, still luck-based. Yeah, you know, and there's so many great franchises that began on that system. Like, people can go and say, like, oh, look, you know, I just bought a PS3 and I got Devil May Cry 4, for example. You know, well, Wars 1, 2, and 3, you know. Oh, it's on the PS2, but I don't have a PS2 and I can't find one. How am I supposed to know what's going on? And I think re-releasing those games is good for newer audiences um, to experience where things began, how things started. You know, you look at Metal Gear Solid 5 at this point, and a lot of people probably getting into games right now, looking forward to Metal Gear Solid 5, have no idea what happened in, you know, 1, 2, and 3, for example. And I think it was great for Konami to re-release those games on the PS3 so people can get into them. Yeah. Sorry, you know, just say can't... as well, Gary. Just say what was well, that? Sorry, just say as well, um, and the fact that Peace Walker being you know, ported onto oh, yes. PS3 was good as well because a lot of the elements of Peace Walker are going to feature in Metal Gear Solid Five. So there's another yeah, good and, sort of way of doing it. Yeah, and, and if they did do that, that's like three different consoles I have to buy to experience it. i got to buy a PS1 to play Metal Gear Solid. I gotta buy a PS2 to play Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. I gotta buy a PSP to play Peace Walker. And that's already like triple the price or even quadruple the price of what I'll pay just for the game that has it all. Yeah. Um, and to me, those are great things. You know, Final Fantasy 12, for example, I'm pretty sure they're gonna remake that game as well and remaster it like they did 10. Oh, yeah. But, hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those games where I've beaten almost every Final Fantasy, but I never beat 12. And having the oh, idea of oh. having to plug in my PS2 all the time and playing it on HD TV and it looks like crap. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's all muddy and disgusting looking. <laughs> you know, right. it, it kind of kills the game for me. And I would like it to be in HD to to be able to run it in the crisp looking visuals on my system. Yeah, um, Twelve needs to be ported. <laughs> Get on that square. Yeah, seriously. But like. Uh, to me, it's it's depending on the de- generation. Like, I don't, I'm not really too into remastering, you know, last gen titles like PS3 and Xbox 360 titles. But I'm more mm-hmm. for the older ones, like PS2 era type games, because those are the types that are a lot harder to find now, mm-hmm. and that benefit more as well from the um, remaster. Yeah, and you're also risking the chance of losing your license to them. You know, Capcom, uh, I think we've talked about this notoriously, that they can re-release a lot of games now because they've lost licenses to certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, people want Mega Man Legends 1 and 2 on PSN as a PS1 classic. They can't get them in North America because they've lost the license of, I think it was the voice actors and something else. So they can't do it. They can re-release the Japanese version, but nobody's going to understand what's going on in that game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, which is sad, you know, and I think uh, so. There's a clause in there. Uh, Capcom explained that Sony won't allow you to release the Japanese version in other markets because I guess what it is is if you release a PS1 classic, it has to be in its entirety the original game. Yeah. You can't change anything in it. Oh, okay, fair enough. 
Yeah, so they can't just go in and have Japanese voiceovers with English subtitles in them. They can't do that. I thought there was a Japanese Sony. section on the PlayStation Store for stuff like that. Well, there are companies that release those. Like, there was that one company that was releasing a bunch of Japanese games. Yeah. And you can, like, go online and get the manual. But Capcom isn't going to let that happen. You know, they want to keep that license. Um, and, like, you said, I mentioned Onimusha to you, Mike. And yeah. after I mentioned it, it was in chat that I went on. And I think Neil was there, too. I'm like, Onimusha is probably never going to happen because of copyright issues that they have. Mm. Um you know, as much as I would want Onimusha, there's probably a reason they haven't re-released it or even talked about Onimusha. And, you know, they had Jean Reno uh, do the voice of uh, his character in Onimusha 3, and he, they even used his likeliness. Um, Takeshi Kaneshiro as well, which are famous actor, which is a really famous actor in Japan. Yeah. As far as we know, they've lost the license to use the likeliness of those characters, thus they can't re-release the game. Um... And that's yeah. a track record Capcom has. You know, they, they don't seem to renew things that they need to renew. Yeah, they don't think forward, I think is the problem on that sort of thing. Yeah, they're probably like, oh, we're never going to re-release these games again. And you see now, like Tim said, the re-releases are very successful. You know, Final Fantasy X was very successful as a re-release. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, very successful. Um, but like to, to me... I just feel like going back and playing these games that people never had a chance to experience that innovated a lot of genres um, and people wouldn't know that these games innovated. Like how many people know that Call of Duty really exists because of Medal of Honor? If it <laughs> wasn't for Honor, there wouldn't really be Call of Duty. Exactly. Yep. You know, nobody knows. Like they remade Medal of Honor, you know, they, you know, rebooted it and it was terrible compared to Call of Duty. And I was like, Oh, what is this? game trying to compete with Call of Duty, but yet they don't know that this yeah. franchise came before Call of Duty. And it's things like that that um, the newer generation obviously doesn't really understand because they don't care about the old stuff. It's all about the new stuff. But if you're getting you know sequels and stuff like that, it's important for people to know where it came from and even understand the story. You have The Witcher 3. People know it's the third game. But I'm a PlayStation gamer, right? I just bought The Witcher 3, but what the hell, what, where's 1 and 2? You know, oh, 1 was on a PC, and 2 was on a PC and Xbox 360. I can never experience those games if I can only afford a PlayStation. Right, you know, that's yeah. a very real thing. CD Projekt can then go in, remaster, or re-release those games on the PS4. And yeah, people will complain, oh, I don't need Witcher 1 and 2, I, I want Witcher 4. No, that's fine and all, and I understand that, but sometimes you want to go back and play the old games. Like, I would love to go back and play Power Stone on my PS4 with my friends. Mm. Have them sit next to me and go to toe Power Stone. I can't. I can't do that. I can do it on my PSP if they all have a PSP because um, they released that game on there, but it sucks that I can't do that, you know? Mm. Dreamcast okay. has some of the most amazing games, in my opinion. Really does. There's just so many games I'd love to just have. I don't, don't even need to brush them up. I just love them to be there on a yep. console. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Shenmue. Where's yeah. Shenmue HD? Yeah, yeah it's like Sky, yes. Sky of Arcadia is one of the best RPGs I've ever played. And it's just, I mean, it got a GameCube release as well, but it's, no, to have that. Legends of great. Mana. 
That one's pretty good too. Yeah, I'm not normally big into RPGs like this though. This is the thing, and then, yeah, it it got me. It was just the first one that really hooked me on a JRPG sort of style. Oh, nice. It wasn't Final Fantasy, you know. And it, yeah, it's just yeah, and, stuff and like people that. showed that they want it. You know, like look at Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask sold millions on the 3DS. Yeah, these are Nintendo 64 games that they've just re-released on the 3DS. Millions. So Majora's Mask was the number one seller for February, beating out everything. Nice. Yeah, so, those are good examples, actually. They've done really well, Nintendo, out with those. On the, uh, you can never really count out Nintendo when it comes to their own, to their own properties, in my opinion. Yeah. Like They just re-released Super Mario 64 on the virtual console, and I think it's already sold like 700,000 copies. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. It's, it's, again, as you said, it's one of those games that sets things up. You know, it's, yeah. it's a forebearer. It's one of the first 3D platforms. It is the, the first major 3D platformer. It's there doing, you know, it's a big part of history. And, big you know, even today, it still plays quite well. It's a bit frustrating in places, but yeah, it's a fantastic game. I think it's, yeah, it's, I played it a couple of years ago on my 64. So um, definitely, you know, I enjoyed it really good. Yeah, I think uh, Mario Sunshine is probably one of the toughest ones. I've been playing that recently. God, that game is so annoying. Ah, oh, you know, what? I really loved it. <laughs> I really loved Mario Sunshine. No, I like it. It's just so goddamn annoying. Just some of the levels, you just want to tear your hair out playing it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Gary. So I'm uh, a big yes from you then with Variety. Yeah, 100. percent And like, like I said, I would love to play all those like old GameCube games that I never got a chance to experience, like Super Mario Sunshine. You know, say, say I never, I obviously I experienced it, but a lot of people didn't. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people skipped the GameCube because the PS2 and all that. Yeah, um, stuff like uh, Eternal Darkness, that's stuff one as well. Oh, um, oh yeah. yeah, that's you know, brilliant. Yeah. Nintendo can go out and release those games and people will eat them up. You know, hmm. Resident Evil Zero, nobody outside of GameCube owners played that game. Yeah. And now sure. they're going to get a chance to do it. Yeah, and Gary, one of the things that you were encroaching in your wonderful assessment was the fact that when you're when you're buying these products, especially if they're being released preemptively to something new, you're investing in the company again, allowing them to continue making this this new product, and then mm-hmm. you know moving forward, they'd also have enough revenue to continue even further after that. that yeah. you, it's essentially like you know representing the market through your wallet. If you want it, if you like what they're doing, give them money. And they'll give you yep. games. Yeah, yep. pretty. Microsoft great. proved their work. They released the Master Chief Collection, and Xbox One sales exploded during that month. Big yeah. time, pretty much, despite yeah. the server problems. Yeah, and the continuing, <laughs> continuing problems. Yeah, yeah. With uh, with ODST, the free content that is yeah. still having issues. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> But yeah, if, if that's if that's you know proof on any console now, it's gonna sell because people want to play it. They know what it is. They know what it's gonna be. It's kind of this sort of like no risk expectation. They want to play it and they want to invest in it and they want to see what's gonna go from there. Yeah, I mean, you only have to see how many people go on about having Crash Bandicoot back every week, uh, uh, <laughs> just, yeah. which is inexplicably stupid. But you know, it's everybody just wants certain... Crash Bandicoot, and me and Neil just want Streets of Rage. Yeah, that's it. I would I, rather have Streets of Rage, honestly. I never got into Crash. Yeah, so I was, I was at Jack and Daxter. I'd prefer more yep. Jack and Daxter than Crash. Yeah, where Noidos. Second. Second. 
So, uh, well, I guess we may as well um, transition into um, Neil now. I know you said a bit, but um, you just want to sort of uh, quickly summarise your views on this, Neil, in general. Yeah, again, I don't really have a problem with it generally. Yes, I have a problem with bad ports, like <laughs> Ultra Street Fighter 4. Um, <laughs> <laughs> more on that later. Like, um, yeah, I think remakes and remasters are akin to what the film industry does with you know, doing remastered editions for films. It's, you know, you've got it on DVD or VHS, and then you go to the next thing. Oh, look, we'll put it on Blu-ray, and, or we'll do a special edition, an uncut edition. It's the same it's like basic... Default. Yeah, it's a basic principle. Again, you know, it's the same idea. I think, so, yeah, if you've got the console that already has it on, you don't have to buy it, do you? It's, the other myth about it, you know, oh, it takes away so much from the company that they should be making new games not these old games it doesn't take all that much effort really no. even even Capcom had said in the making, uh, redoing of uh, Resi HD it wasn't that hard to do it was just touching things up making it spruce it up maybe change a few things with the controls like they did but it's far 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 less work than starting a new game from scratch yeah and cheap and, and it yeah it subsidises the company it just keeps you know, profits ticking over. It's like, that's why you see games that don't really need them necessarily. I mean, DMC and Devil May Cry 4 don't really need you know, remasters, but they're cheap to do. So do it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, personally, if I was going to say remasters, I'd go with stuff like... I'd like Skyrim to be in working condition on a PlayStation console, properly working. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, you see what PC can do with it. It's... It would just be amazing. I'd play it all over again. I'd actually play it this time. (laughs) Give give us mod add-ons. Yeah, and the Fallout 3 in New Vegas as well. Again, that could be tied over the weight for the inevitable next Fallout. Hmm. Problem is with those games, they are very, very big jobs to do in that sense because they're big games in terms of working parts. Uh, You know, and they didn't get it right the first time. So, (laughs) 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 So, it's bad um, same with XCOM. It's like it's I play it on PC anyway, but it's so much better on PC and stuff like the mods they've added, like the Long War, where you know you can just play the campaign for infinite amount of time rather than just you know a set amount of time. Stuff like again, another good one. Um, in terms of PlayStation games, if you were going to sort of port stuff over that people might not have played, you could do Heavy Rain and Beyond as a bundle and. Sort of. Probably that hasn't happened yet, especially yeah. beyond that was rumored for ages. Yeah, again though, that could come down to you know voice actors, character models, things like that. It's yeah, it's again, I think especially Heavy Rain, you know, the people likenesses and voices are in that. Yeah, in each character. Um, one that probably again won't happen is Crisis. The trilogy could easily just be plopped onto PS4 and ramped oh, yeah. up to its nice prettiness. But Crytek, you know, they're in a bit of a cluster. It's funny because, you know, they re-released Crisis on PSN and Xbox Live. Yeah. It looks like the lowest quality PC version you can play on, like, the lowest set. I know, <laughs> so, yeah. like, And it was, like, what, five, six years later? Was, uh, yeah, I'm like, is that game really that powerful to this day? Like, I guess some people <laughs> still can't run it at full power. That game was crazy. <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> And yeah, going back to GameCube, another one that would be interesting is the only Metal Gear game out of that lot that hasn't come across. Twin Snakes. Twin Snakes, yeah. It's, oh. it would considering be great... there hasn't been a Metal Gear Solid remake, that would be a great one to touch up. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. This, and you would wonder if you know, a Kojima-less Konami would probably do that now. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it'd be, a, again, not cheap, cheap, but fairly easy way to generate some cash out of it. While they have my sort of, Yeah, <laughs> same here. So whilst All working on a new one. So yeah, stuff like that would be my sort of favourite things to do. And, you know, you could just put Jack and Daxter on the PS4 as it was. I'll play that again. So, <laughs> it's just mm. me. Yeah. I've already completed that four or five times, I think, in total now. So, Cool. Well, we've got a lot of positive comments there. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, finally, um, same question to Ben. I think we've pretty much covered everything. So... I think we've pretty much covered everything so far anyway, to be honest. I, I, I would like some good remasters. But, yeah. I don't know if I'd probably give Final Fantasy XII a miss. Uh, apart from that, yeah, yeah, I agree with it. Yeah, I never beat it. I couldn't just found it boring. It it gets to be, but it it really like appeased the like the MMO farmer in me because it was so gratifying and so like immediate in its returns for your output. So like it, it really spoke to me in that sense. And there's a lot of things to do, but the narrative was pure garbage. <laughs> See, I was already addicted Pitch. to Eleven at the time, anyway, so. I already had my MMO oh. fix with a, an MMO. Yeah, I think I said before, I, tu- I tuned out about you know, in 10, and that was it after that. I just, the series has lost it for me. I never um, I never played 12, but I always remember it. It sticks in my mind because I remember the Mega 64 sketch of some really some weird skinny guy going around dressed up as some, well, someone from the game who looked like oh, sort of... It? Someone to be a, a yeah, yeah, looked like some fairy guy. And he kept on going up to people, going saying saying shit like, "Oh, I feel like I'm Captain Bash from Damascus. Don't believe Nora's lies or some shit like that." <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, and he just he really got attacked by some people, and oh, it's quite funny actually. But you guys yeah. seen that new Mega sixty four? Sorry for being off topic, but seen that new no, sure. one with PT. Uh uh-uh. uh I haven't. That actually. is amazing. <laughs> you should look it up. <laughs> Oh, they're still right. going. They're still going, in, are they? Yeah, they're still going. They, it's like the guy, the guy goes into his house. He's like, "I've got my PT. I've got to check my email listings." Email <laughs> listings. And he has like bangs about and all that. Lot. It's hilarious. <laughs> we all know the ending already because we've had the story about eBay listings already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just the funniest. Like, no, nah, my PS4. It had PT. Where's it gone? <laughs> <laughs> I hear banging uh-huh. behind the door. <laughs> Is it the same guy? Is it still the same guys who do it? I think they've got more staff now, but it's pretty much right. the same guys. The Shenmue one was great. That was. Oh, I was. Can... <laughs> oh yeah. Excuse is that where they had Hideo Kojima on it? Yes, yeah, and they, great, he went, yeah. they went sneaking around with him. Yeah. So good. But the the Resi Four Stranger thing, I think, yeah. is still one of my oh, favorites. Welcome, yes. Stranger. <laughs> got got things on sale, Stranger. It's <laughs> 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 great. Oh yeah, I and like the, the one where they play a Tetris block as well. That's hilarious. <laughs> and there's one when he's in a Karubi shoe from Mario Brothers, like, hopping around in a giant, oh, yeah, a giant green <laughs> boot. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that is really really cool. They did an Assassin's Creed one as well with the guy walking around, touching people on the shoulder and stuff, and crashing into them and sitting on the bench and then looking like he's really sad. And there was a guy who was like, "Hey, are you okay, man? You look really down." Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just like sitting there, like Altair does, with his sort of like head down and stuff. Yeah, when he's hiding on seats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. So, um, well, um, that's uh, well. 
uh, Ben, no more to add on that, I take it, yeah? yeah so you're... Right. On. Cool. Well, I will actually say this, because I've been dying... I actually should have said this originally. Out of all the things, apart from obvious ones like Shenmue, the two things I would love to see, and I'm really, really surprised... Apart from Bioshock, I'm really surprised that they haven't happened yet, is a Mass Effect and an Uncharted collection. Mm-hmm. Those two... Those would be good. Those would be awesome. At um, least one of those has got to come. Yeah, yeah. well, Adam... Um, Adam uh, um, burn from um, PSU. He seems to be. He's convinced that Uncharted HD is a de- um, is definitely happening. Absolutely no no contest. And I think I can't see why on earth it wouldn't. Because what better way to um, tie people over uh, for Uncharted Four than releasing a HD collection well, and to introduce people who have come across? Yes, yeah, exactly. Well. It makes yeah. perfect sense. And Mass Effect as well. I think um, we already know Bioware has. Um, they actually talked about it publicly, saying that they would consider it and stuff, and they flirted with the idea. Um, so I think I think that's got a good chance. But it's actually worth mentioning this one as well. Um, they are they are actually doing a Batman HD collection. They are doing or they are doing um, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, not um, Arkham Origins, because they they've actually confirmed this via a leaked survey and providing this is the real deal and it would take a lot of effort to fake this i did a story on this earlier actually earlier in the week um it's the real deal it looks they put uh the uh, survey um talks about different names for it they put up some artwork and stuff they it's like they're gauging like consumer interest in it so it looks like this is definitely happening so i reckon it's only a matter of time until we hear an announcement on that so yeah two um two of the um some of the best games from the last generation they're going to be remastered so um, that should be pretty good. I mean, for someone like me, that would be great because I never played any of the Batman games. I saw Arkham Asylum played and really um, liked what I saw, but um, I never actually played it myself, so that would be great. Um, and from, from what I understand, Origins was the worst out of, the trili- out of those three games because it, uh, it was done by a different studio. So, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, hopefully... Um, the fact that it's not being remastered won't matter too much, but there we go. So um, I know there's a lot of Batman fans on uh, on PSU, so I'm sure you guys will be quite excited by that. Um, uh, I take it you've um, you've played Batman, right, guys? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. Oh yeah, sweet. <laughs> okay, well um, that's the end of our discussion on that um, HD collections. Anyway, um, I can't wait till we free because I, I would be really upset if I don't announce one major HD collection there. But um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we'll move on now to um, reviews. Um, oh, guys, if you also if you have anything to say on HD remasters, then uh, just email us at podcast at psu dot com. Chuck us an email, and we will read it out on the next podcast. Um, on to reviews now, guys. Uh, I'm just going to see where we go back to. Uh, uh, I wasn't on the uh, podcast last week, guys. Uh, what reviews did you um, uh, talk about? Can you remember? Ooh, where did we get up to? Did you do Life is Strange, episode three? We did, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, we did. did you did you do Torin and Brawl? Yeah, I think we did that. Torin we did, Brawl we did. Yeah, so we're up to four reviews left to yeah. do. Oh yeah. Okay, right. in that case we'll start with Hype and Dimension. Oh, no, we did that. What? You did, did we? I think we did that. That was the twenty that was the twenty fifth of May. That was Monday. We? No, I guess we did. Uh, we definitely didn't. No, didn't. No, no, I think cool. Oh cool, cool. Cool, that's okay. This is by Dane. I'm um, Dimension Neptunia U Action Unleashed. God, what a title! <laughs> <laughs> um, Dane usually tackles these kind of um, obscure, I don't mean that in a negative way, obscure kind of Japanese releases because he's our main man for that kind of thing. He's our, he's our Otakon, our Otaku. Is that how you pronounce it? Otaku? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, he gave us a 7 out of 10. Uh, final word. A comedic script will keep you entertained as you hack and slash through dozens of stages. The shine and polish of games done before this one is missing, thus leaving it a shell of what it could and should be. Fans of the series will undoubtedly have fun, but new players could get bored quickly. Uh, he likes the uh, beautifully drawn characters, uh, the great chemistry and the voice acting, and the funny and charming script. However, negatives include the poor stat balance, uh, lack of enemies available on screen, and poor economy balance leads to useless gear. Um, that was Hyperdimension. Um, I understand they made quite a few of these games, but I have never played them before. Uh, ne- oh, next up we have Neil's favourite game ever, Ultra Street Fighter 4 PS4. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually reviewed this game almost exactly a year ago for the PS3, um, which was the first ever iteration of Street Fighter 4 I played, and I think I gave it a pretty high score. I liked it, um, but it's a little bit different for Neil. Uh Final word, Ultra Street Fighter 4 should feel like the finished definitive product on PS4, but it's incredibly hard to justify double, triple, or even quadruple dipping for long-term fans when Street Fighter 5 is so close and this port is so poor in its quality. Uh, Neil liked the uh, fact that it feels more like Street Fighter should do. Uh, it's still a great multiplayer title, and the visual style is still striking. However, the negatives, uh, which are quite... Uh, serious uh fact it's the same game as last year obviously uh not at all about welcome for newcomers and a poor port with lag and glitches uh that was a six out of ten nil do you just want to quickly um chat about that for a bit you were quite quickly, disappointed quickly. Ooh, <laughs> i don't know how quickly <laughs> no um all right straight up caveat six out of ten is a good score for me okay so that's uh it's damning or faint praise um yeah, straight off the bat, I don't like Street Fighter 4 in its original form. As a, and before that, I was a huge Street Fighter fan. Uh-huh. And it's that disappointed the hell out of me. It's just, I don't know, it's the balance maybe. It just didn't feel as fun as a game. So yeah, this is the first time I've come back to it. And for a while, which I think was before the service went online, is when the problems were less frequent. Um, yeah, I was enjoying it a bit more. Is it, they've balanced, you know, they've made a lot of it work a lot better a lot smoother and did start to feel a bit more fun yeah so yeah halfway through writing that review at that point i was thinking wow i'm actually gonna have positive things to say about the franchise again and yeah and i almost finished editing my review and just to send it away when i played it again and uh yeah the problems have started and i started seeing everyone else reporting about it never been a delve back into this then yeah, uh, the problems for anyone that doesn't know, basically wide-ranging. Um, pros have said that certain characters are now wildly unbalanced from what they were in the original version of this game. Um, there's stuff like animation glitches. Stuff like, I think one of the famous ones is you know, several versions of the same character on the screen at once is where the animation gets stuck. Um, Guile's Sonic Boom just featuring a cutout of Guile's body instead of the actual visual that you're supposed to be seeing. Um, lag is ridiculous, and yeah, I would have first thought it was yeah being online. Maybe that's the problem. Checked offline, still happen. I mean, it happens on the title screens and stuff. It's just things get t- choppy and slow, and yeah, then you go online, and sometimes it's okay, but there are times where it just goes terrible i mean stuff like the mid 2000s sort of playing online experience of oh there it goes there it goes again oh half yeah 
halfway across the screen again now. <laughs> like that. And then you couple that with the animation problems, and it's just a nightmare at the time. It's, I never got to take a screenshot just as it was at its worst, because it was, that would have been just so satisfying to show an example of it, because, or even a video, because, oh, terrible. Um, that said, I'll tell you the what, play it with people on the couch, same couch, it's much better. Uh, which to me that's Street Fighter that's what I always loved about it in the past is playing with people you know in the same room you know, cussing each other out and having a good time that's, <laughs> that's the way I like playing my fighters and it's, it, that's what felt to me so great about it still and probably what saved it from getting a much much lower score was just that it, I felt the nostalgia I'm sweeping back and there's no denying that underneath all there's a great game but the problems are crippling. So I could have waited till they patched it, but, you know, that's the version they sent out. And it's, yeah, sadly, very, very, very good at the minute. Bugger me. Wow, that's a shame. Because <laughs> I quite enjoyed the PS3 version. Um, mm. Obviously, nowhere near as, um, that was um, nowhere near as trouble, troubled as this one, but um, there we go. Um, Capcom and sloppy ports, it's happened before. <laughs> yes. Probably will happen again, but there we go. Hopefully not with Resident Evil Zero. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to do a terrible, terrible pun joke now because move <laughs> over, everyone. We have Armin Simulator. <laughs> that was great. Uh, can we get Steven back off holiday? We need to fire Mike. Yeah, we need to fire Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I had to do that after seeing after seeing it on um, another site once. The guy was like, "Move over, Call of Duty! The big guns are out now." Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just hey, had. It, it got second in the UK charts. Oh crap! Well, there we go. The games themselves are pretty free? decent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, this is Farmer Simulator um, 15 by Ben Shillabir Hall. Uh, ben gave us a 6 out of 10. Uh, he writes, Farmer Simulator is an improvement over his predecessor, but unless you're a diehard fan, it's still hard to recommend to the average gamer. Uh, ben liked the six-player online co-op, uh, the decent graphics, and the immersive first-person view. However, he disliked the fact it's not very inviting for newcomers, uh, there's no autosave, and the inconsistent frame rate. Ben, um, you've played... A couple of these games, haven't you? You actually yeah. quite enjoy them, right? Yeah, I do enjoy them quite a bit. Cool. Uh, do you um? Do you actually know a lot of the people who play this game? Yeah, I've got quite game? a few. I've got about ten friends of my friends that are playing it. Wow. <laughs> it's popular in the UK. Yeah, they are, yeah, that's the thing. You can joke all you like, but it's actually popular, these games. Especially yeah. in Europe, it is really popular. It's some, um, The previous games have sold in their millions, I think. it's um, There's a lot of people out there who do like their farming simulator, yeah. And it's not just that either. They do loads of others. Was, I think it was Truck Simulator and um, Goat Simulator. Yeah, Rock making simulator. bread making bread simulator. Right, it's one of the best games ever made. Don't you diss that. <laughs> Surgeon simulator. simulator. I tried that. I didn't like it that much. But breast... Uh... Breast? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <He's not saying. laughs> Is this uh, VR compatible? It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a game that exists, but that bread simulator is amazing. It's called I Am Toast. Better have it exist. I do recommend looking up I Am Toast. I want it on PS4. It's amazing. You play a slice of bread and <laughs> wants to become toast. Toast. Yum. Yeah. Mm, I'm having toast tomorrow morning. Just 
fucking say that. Um, <laughs> lots of bread. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, no. Tim, Tim, uh, no. Tim reminded me. I actually have a whole loaf of bread every morning yeah. before I hit the weights. Yeah. <laughs> hit the he just has them as his weight and one on each side. And just sort of... <laughs> there was a video of that actually. Someone putting food on me in the bare barbell and stuff. It's hilarious. He actually tipped. He leant over one side too much, and the bar, the bar, the um weight actually fell off the barbell, and he fell off the bench. It's oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> I've got a link to that somewhere. It's really funny. But he had he's like doing setups and stuff, and having someone hold like a a bloody I don't know, just some kind of like cake. Like some really sugary cake thing. He's like doing sit ups and going, om, om. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's on the treadmill. Sure it wasn't me. No, it wasn't you. He's on the <laughs> treadmill and he's eating candy floss in each hand. Oh, this is great. Sorry, um, majorly off topic there. Um, last but not least, uh, thanks for that, by the way, Ben, on Farmers and Raya. Uh, last but not least, we have Game of Thrones Episode 4, Sons of Winter Review. This is by Neil Bolt. We actually published this today. Uh, this is Sunday, the 31st of May, in case you're wondering. Um, we, uh, Neil, you've, um, have you covered every previous... Um, every, yes, every episode. Yeah, so you're our Game of Thrones guy. Much like I was an evil yeah. dude or whatever. Uh, you gave us an 8 out of 10. Uh, the final word, Sons of Winter maintains the good form of the previous episode by unloading plenty of tension, drama, and action along the way. Roll on Episode 5. Uh, you liked the uh, found its better effort with the game's protagonists overall. Uh, an interesting take on the oh god, how do you say that? Daenerys? Is that how you Daenerys? Say? Yeah, yeah, Daenerys. Uh, story progression is ramped up. Uh, however, the dislikes include uh, the White Hill daughter's accent, still annoying and weird. The <laughs> 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 usual assortment of Telltale Games bugs, and Jared uh, become a Snow John Snow replicant. Uh, would you mind um, elaborating on that? <laughs> He's the uh, only well, guy that doesn't die. Don't you say? Well, no, his story is pretty much turned into Jon Snow. It's Jon okay. Snow's story. Oh, right. like, I should probably watch this to actually know yeah. Jon Snow. I mean, <laughs> a lot, with the, all the characters that you're playing, they all sort of have echoes of other characters. You know, there's one that yeah. has a fairly Ned Starkish story, but they they tend to branch out into their own thing as it's gone. And Garrod was probably the most different at the beginning, but yeah, you know, same thing. He's just become. I don't know. At first, he was more like a, a Fion because you know, he was in the care of the Forrester family in the same way Fion was at the start. I know this is gibberish for some of you, but so, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's unfortunate for him to be like that. The White Hills daughter's accent is saying I will bring up every review until they get rid of her because she, her father is a Yorkshireman, effectively, and yet for some inexplicable reason, she's Australian. And mm. in Game of Thrones, generally it's quite a lot of you know, British style accents. Apart from you know, you get and then you get those sort of Spanish esque accents so over the sea. But yeah, an Australian accent just seems weird in this, and it just doesn't work. She says less this game, so that's kind of handy. But and but yeah, you know when that's when that's your major problem in a game, that's that's not too bad. Just I will keep bringing it up because I hate it. Like that, because <laughs> normally Telltale's voice work, you know, their voice casts are good. And yeah, really definitely. had a problem. So it is pretty much the first time I've really not liked someone's voice in their games. Cool. I just uh, love them. Um, I don't know what. I oh god, here I go. I don't know why I'm doing these random things, but I just <laughs> whenever I think of Telltale, I always think of Lee Everett from The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just love that thing. I don't know why this 
think I just keep thinking, who the fuck are these people in the woods? <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. God. I don't know why I just love uh, well, I'm more of a Kenny guy myself. Oh, Kenny, yeah. Shit, man, I'm from Florida. Dumb, <laughs> was it dumb things come out of my mouth sometimes? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Kenny was Kenny was great. What a great character. He is, a, he is one of my favourite characters. Yeah. Him and Lee, they had a great rapper they did. Yeah. Really, really good. And I apologize for the cursing there, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have a, a slightly um quite a strict uh overlord on the podcast anymore, so I think we can um <laughs> let that one slide. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love you, Glenn. Um, <laughs> um short Clementine. <laughs> damn i thought that was it. that was really damn good <laughs> okay well that's all the reviews for now um we're actually um oh wow um it's now quarter to 10 bst um we should probably start wrapping up and so what i'm going to do i'm not going to skip anything but if we could just like be really quick on what we've been playing just literally just like run down a list rather than elaborating on it if we um and then we'll move on to the closing section of things. So um, if um, I'll let uh, Tim, um, if you um, you can go first to just what you've been playing in the last week or two. Uh, lots of farming in Destiny. Lots cool. of dying in The Witcher 3, highest difficulty. A <laughs> uh, uh, little bit of Grand Theft Auto. Apart from that, it's been kind of my focus. Cool, man. Sweet. Yeah, and I should probably mention that... Um, uh, Destiny House of Walls. Uh, we've been a lot of the PSU guys have been involved in that, myself included. Uh, <laughs> uh, Neil, what have you been playing lately? Um, Street Fighter and Game of Thrones, obviously. Uh, bit of Life is Strange, which is awesome. Um, yes. The Escape. I'm Brilliant currently game. playing. Yeah, currently playing The Escapist for review, which uh, I won't talk too much about that, even though I've passed in value. Um, the main thing this week I've had is um, been bonding with my son by playing Minecraft. And it's been really cool. Mm. So oh, I mean, he he doesn't play it. He just sits there and tells me what I've got to do. And it's like, <laughs> we've been building houses, and he's just getting to know the mechanics of it. And he just, it's nice to see a game through a kid's eyes like that. It's just the wonder and thinking, oh, it, there's so many possibilities. And he just, yeah, he loves it. And it's like all the games he's sort of seen me play in the past. And it's like it's the first one he's actually picked up on the title very quickly. And just as I said, it just shows how that game is so popular. I think it's just kids, even as young as him, and he's not even four, can get it. Oh bless! But, I wish yeah, I, nice. I wish I had that with my niece. You know, I wish she she should be saying stuff like Minecraft, Minecraft, and says she's like looking at my poster of like Leon with a you know a chainsaw <laughs> man behind him saying Resident Evil. Wow. <laughs> She's nine, but she doesn't mind zombies and stuff. I never let her play anything with swearing in it. She just watch, she likes watching me suplex zombies for some reason. But uh, <laughs> she's um, she's all all about Mario. I bought her she's up right on um, to you, so. yeah, <laughs> and she um, she's um, all about Mario though. I bought her up on the Super Nintendo games and stuff. And she loves those. I mean, she cool. she always tells her friends at school like I've seen I've seen a Super Nintendo and a Nintendo, and they're like, "What what's that?" And she's like, "Oh, it's like the first Mario console and all this." My uncle Michael has it. You know, she thinks I'm awesome. She doesn't quite understand what I do for a living. She thinks I make get I make games, but there we go. <laughs> yeah, she's she's you promote awesome. Capcom for a living. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, ben, how about you, dude? What have you been playing? Uh, Warframe, Fantasy Fourteen, oh, nice. sweet, uh, and Magicka Two for my review next week. Well, oh, so. cool, yeah, Magicka Two, sweet, nice one, man. Um, so Gary, God, jeez, I don't know why, but it seems like Gary's been quiet all of a sudden. Gary, you're still alive, aren't you? 
The Russians yeah, I... haven't carted you off, have I? I know, <laughs> I know KGB has strict rules. You cannot always be around. <laughs> I own KGB, they don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been playing, Gary? Um, I've been playing a lot of The Witcher 3. Um, yes, you have. Fantastic I've seen you. game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stalling um, you. <laughs> Sorry. They've been... Awesome. I've been playing a lot of Smash Brothers uh, with Mewtwo. Uh, he's my favorite. Uh, uh, really glad they brought him back. Um, I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles on my 3DS. Um, I just built a new computer, so I'm playing a lot of PC games. Um, uh, went back and started playing uh, Divinity Original Sin again. Uh, yeah, I'm playing a very heavily modified Skyrim, which makes it look like a PS5 game at this point. Um, nice. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, um, but that that's about it. Yeah, God, I, I want Xenoblade Chronicles pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, that game that game is hardcore. That, that game's probably going to take me longer to finish than Witcher Three. Is it is it worth the forty bucks? Right, forty bucks. Yeah, it is. In my opinion, I think that the port of it for for the three DS from the Wii was actually pretty good. It does take a little graphical hit, um, but it, there are some parts that are a little pixelated at some points, but. Uh, as far as the gameplay is, it, uh, it works pretty well with the with the handheld controls. I think I'll have to dust off my 2DS then. <clears throat> oh, it doesn't work on that. It only works I, on the brand new 3DS. I quit. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's. I guess the game is um, the processing power is too much for for the old 3DS to handle. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is well, sad. <laughs> Well, you're pretty busy, Gary. You you sound like you game on a lot of consoles. Um, you know, PC, free, three uh, DS, PlayStation. You've got quite um, you've got the whole shebang there. Yeah, it just depends on what I'm doing. When I'm at work, I'm on my three DS. All right. Uh, I'll <laughs> where, <make some. laughs> where do you work anyway? <laughs> oh, I'd okay. rather. Not say. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, course, yeah, I can't. KGB very secret. <laughs> but but I, me and my friends are also working on our prototype to get a working build for our own game right now too so awesome. a lot of time going to that oh cool cool awesome that's pretty sweet man building a pc that can run a skyrim that looks like a ps5 game that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> i've got like 18 mods on that thing right now yeah <laughs> when all those mods on there it just looks absolutely astounding it's just gobsmacking how good it can look yeah um well um i guess that just leaves me well unsurprisingly i've been playing a lot of destiny um, I have been enjoying House of Walls. Um, it's been cool. I've been uh, teaming up with quite a few guys from P. Yeah, actually, I need. Oh, actually, no, I'll save a shout out for later. But I've been teaming up with some really cool guys from PSU. Uh, apart from that, I've been on a bit of uh, Resident Evil Director's Cut on my PS Vita. Yes, a bit of classic Resi. Um, nice. Yeah, and um, my. Still love that Vita. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Mm. Always do, yeah. And um, actually, I think that's about it, to be honest. It's just mostly Destiny, because I, ha- I did like write an impression piece, so I've been pretty much focused on that. Um, my mate Tim, uh, not this Tim, uh, another Tim. Um, is I'm my- not his mate. No, <laughs> no wait, yeah, you are. <laughs> my mate offline. <laughs> my offline mate. Um, he's he came around and played Resident Evil Revelations 2 and seemed to enjoy it, which is pretty cool. So he got the good ending as well, which is just so awesome because of what Barry does in it. It's just a Barry Burton fanboy's dream. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I, think, I won't spoil anything, but anyone who's played it will know what I mean. Um, so then are you a Barry Burton fanboy? Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah! Hell yeah! What is this? <laughs> looks, <laughs> he was ki- looks like he was killed by a crow or something. 
Yes. <laughs> um, actually, no, one more thing. Mario Sunshine, I've been playing when my niece has been over here. So um, I'm just going through that game trying to complete it. Then we're on to Super Mario World next. <laughs> oh, awesome. Super Good Mario Sunshine, man. I love that game. Yeah, it's like blooming it. annoying in places, but it is re- it is really good. The um, it's really ch- some of the best. Some of the most challenging Mario stages are those special ones where you get your water pack taken away and you go to this kind of like uh, bizarre sort of. Um, it's like made up of like pictures. It's like all the, the blocks paint a picture of like the classic Mario designs and stuff. And it's yeah, got, it's got your classic Mario tune playing in the background. And it's just literally the platforming from A to B. But it's really, really challenging. Really, really, really well designed. Um, okay, well, that about wraps things up, guys. That's been a very, very good podcast. Um, I'm getting knackered now, so we'll have to. Uh, I've got a few <laughs> to <say> beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, bef- um, ben, we'll move on to that in just one sec. First of all, we'll just quickly go over the contact details. If you guys want to contact the podcast in general, it's podcast.psu.com. If you want to contact me, you can email me at mike.harridance.psu.com. Or if you'd like to do, like so many people have, you can add me to PSN at Billy underscore Cohen 84. That's capital B, capital C, Billy underscore Cohen 84. And yes, it's a Resident Evil Zero reference. <sighs> Big sigh, I know. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> Timothy, my good man, how can people contact you dear boy <laughs> oh dear boy well uh, there are a couple ways that you can do it there's the australian accent <laughs> uh, I, you, you can do it uh twitter is my actually my biggest handle i have uh, actually it's now no longer boss snake i changed it to at timberelli t-i-m-b-e-r-e-l-l-i just because oh, i like oh, it. boss snake was just so awesome man you'll always be boss snake to me <laughs> that, well that's my online that's my uh, psn id oh, yeah, so uh, just one word three s's no caps. You'll find me. Yeah. PSN. If you don't, he will find you. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it'll be, in a, it'll be in a box, so watch out for that. Yeah. <laughs> what um, was Neil, that noise? <laughs> Neil, how about you, dude? Uh, you can find me at neil.bolt at psu.com. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Nezco. That's all lowercase. N-E-Z-Z-K-O. And on PSN, at Son of Venom. All lowercase, one word. Wicked. Uh, I would ask Gary, but I don't think the KGB divulge that kind of information. Um, <laughs> really, Gary, how can people contact you? 